of the Survival Podcast, and uh, we're going to have a good one today. Good old blood and guts and gore one, talking about why our country seems hell-bent on self-destruction. Just a few of the things we'll talk about today. California, demonstrating that they have absolutely no concept of economics whatsoever, has just raised the minimum wage only for fast food workers to $20 an hour. So it's highly possible now to make less money as, let's say, a paramedic than a burger flipper. In California right now, I'm just saying. Um, Elon Musk went to the border. It wasn't really that big a deal. What I found interesting was how so many people on the left, and specifically the youth left, lost their minds about it. No idea what he even said or why he went there or what his stance on immigration is. Just he went there and looked at it. And he took a camera with him so other people could see what he was looking at. And they lost their minds. Why? Because they know. They know that every word that they speak about the border being secure and not being a mess and not being open is a lie. So they can't stand having me look at it. I want you to grab onto that for pattern recognition today. Senator Feinstein died. We're supposed to pretend we care. I don't and I won't. The chicken hawk warmonger that is Senator Lindsey Graham is pushing domino theory so hard you'd think it was 1954. Uh, Colleges are waking up to the enrollment cliff reality. This is something I talked about a lot over the last few years, and just this week, there's pretty big news, three different university systems, and one happens to match up with an email that somebody just sent me from the audience from uh, the system from the University of Maine, so I'll tell you about that. O'Hare Airport in Chicago has turned into a migrant shelter. It looks like a hellscape there. Uh, Yeah, that's Chicago O'Hare, one of the biggest airports in the country, is now a migrant shelter. Um, everyone thinks that RFK running as a third party benefits Republicans seems to be the consensus. This is bad for, for Brandon. I disagree. And I'll tell you why. And, uh, we're going to end today with a, the famous Stanford beer quote. The purpose of the system is what it does, not what it claims to do and how that plays into everything else that we're talking about today. Before we do that, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors of the day today. Sponsor of the day. Number one today is above phone. I love when there's a little problem with a sponsor and they fix it the same day that they're the sponsor for. So this morning we had somebody trying to buy an above phone using their MSB discount and it didn't work. And so uh, uh, I I got in touch with uh, uh, with uh, Mr. Romani over there and I'm like, hey, you need to fix this. And uh, and and Romero is like, yeah, I got it. I'll take care of it. And it it didn't work. And we had to go back and forth two or three times, but he made sure that it happened. And there was just like an expired code thing and the system didn't want to be reset. And Tom got it back up. So it was kind of cool to have their day come up and then watch them fix something for a customer in real time at the same time. That's what I'm looking for from all my sponsors. Now, Above Phone will let you take back technology in a big way. Stop being tracked by your phone provider. Stop being tracked by the phone manufacturer and stop being tracked by all the app makers. You can do all that with Above Phone. You can have a true uh, free ecosystem and take your tech back with AbovePhone.com. And as we were just saying, there is a discount uh, for MSB members. And that discount is uh, 
75 bucks, 75 bucks off any phone at abovephone.com. Certainly something you should check out. Next up today is Start 9. I like to put Start 9 and Above Phone together because they kind of match up so well. Uh, they're both concerned about the same thing, your privacy and your right to your own digital sovereignty. With a Start 9 digital server, you can do things like have end-to-end -end encrypted messaging that not only is it end-to-end -end encrypted military grade, but like nobody can even really see it and know where to look for it unless you let them in like your friends, your families, and your contacts. You can run a Bitcoin node. You can run a Lightning node. You can access your files from anywhere in the world completely 100% secure and encrypted over Tor. No one else can get to it. But the bigger thing is no one can shut you out of your own data. You can manage your passwords, uh, all of that stuff from anywhere you go. Stop using the cloud. There is no cloud. There is only somebody else's computer. With that, let's get into this. This was um, my wife showed me or told me about this this morning. And I'm one of those people that I, I, I like to say that I'm never surprised that government is as stupid as it is. Then whenever I hear so-and-so government did a thing that I'm really good at going, there's something wrong there. That's, that's not what actually happened. Like they're dumb, but they're not that dumb. Like that just doesn't make any sense. So my wife told me that they had raised the minimum wage for fast food workers in California to $20 minimum wage. And I was like, that, that can't be right. Not because I didn't believe that California would raise their minimum wage to $20, but the, the carve-out for fast food workers made no sense to me. I'm like, isn't minimum wage in California already something like 15 or 16 bucks an hour? And I think it's $15.50. And it's about to go to $16.50. But then early next year, if you're a fast food worker, it goes to $20. It turns out that it's true. It's not just made up. So if you are a re any regular worker in California right now, your minimum wage is $15.50 and going to $16.50. Unless you flip burgers and make fries and do like the job that is literally the most entry-level job of all entry-level jobs anywhere, you deserve to make $20 an hour. The justification for this is your typical, nonsensical, virtue signaling, woke bullshit, okay? This is, this is the reasoning given by the Gavin Newsom administration as to why they did this. Disproportionately, you, you know you're already going down into the load of bullshit when you hear disproportionately. Disproportionately, People below the poverty level who are people of color and are single income earners in the household work at fast food restaurants. Even if that's true, you don't carve out a specific group of people and give them, what is it, a $3.50 an hour raise by mandate from the state over all these other people. Because let me tell you jobs that would not qualify and they would qualify under the 1650 an hour minimum wage in California. Um, paramedics. Paramedics would not be covered. Now I'm not I don't know what a paramedic makes, but EMTs, they probably make less than that in California, right? EMTs. Um, just about any job. There isn't a job that wouldn't not qualify for the same minimum wage as fast food. So whatever you can think of, the guy that's uh, 
working on your car, uh, the guy that puts a roof on your house, the guy that's in the field picking the food so that you can eat it. All of those people make less as far as their minimum wage now than fast food. So where this is going to go, I think is pretty obvious. Right at the bottom of this article, you know, they, every once in a while in these news pieces, they let somebody with a brain speak. And so this is what was said. Uh, this is the last paragraph. While many in the fast food industry are happy that the law will finally go through, the reactions of Governor Newsom's form, uh, Newsom's ex, formerly known as Twitter page, were much more mixed. Many worry the law will push fast food restaurants to become more automated and expensive. Quote, this will inadvertently lead to more job reductions in the fast food sector, claimed one critic. Quote, more robo-coffees and touch-to-order machines, another said. And lastly, quote, California will now pay the most money for fast food in the nation and will have the most employees replaced by robots, end quote. Yes. Yes. That is all true. That is all true. Now, my belief is that this entire wave of automation was coming anyway. And a lot of this, you know, want $15 minimum wage, meet your replacement. And it's a kiosk. A lot of that hype and propaganda is using that for cover fire because this is happening anyway. But if you are actually concerned about people keeping jobs at a time when we're heading into a recession and everything's more expensive than ever, this is probably not the thing that you would want to do. And I personally find this whole thing ridiculous at this point. We should even like minimum wage is a discussion whose time has come and gone. We don't even need the word minimum wage anymore. You want me to explain to you why? Less than 1% of full-time people in the United States, full-time workers earn minimum wage. Less than 1%. Less than 1%. So we already have something that, not, that doesn't even touch 99% of people. Doesn't even touch them. Doesn't touch them at all. But we need to keep raising it. And what happened is this issue finally, like, got caught up and, like, jammed about, what, 20, 25 years ago now. It's been a long time since we've had the federal minimum wage go up $7 and something cents an hour. Um, no one makes that. No one makes that. If you make minimum wage right now, you are not good at what you do or you need to go find a different job. I'm sorry. It doesn't make any sense that anybody would be making minimum wage right now unless it was something like there was this episode of The Simpsons, right, where Homer paid off all his debt and he had this dream. He wanted to be a pin monkey at the bowling alley. That's like the guy that cleans up the aisles, makes sure everybody's shoes are sprayed out, fixes the pins in the back, whatever. And he didn't he didn't want that job because it paid well. He wanted that job because he, it was his dream job. He knew he could be good at it. He just enjoyed it. He got to talk to people and drink beer. And since he was out of debt, he could take the job. And, of course, it's all fantasy land. He takes the job. He does a great job at it. He loves it, but he ends up having to go back to work. If you make minimum wage in that kind of a scenario, which we had to go to fantasy land for, but it's just because, like, I want the job and it's, I enjoy it and I like it and I'm not complaining about it, okay, fine. Otherwise, I don't understand. If you're actually trying to pay bills – why would you do that? I mean, I remember my dad made minimum wage for a while, but 
he didn't even really want a job, but they gave him one anyway. He was a member of a gym, and they basically gave him a job of like kind of like Homer had at the the pin place, you know. And he didn't really care about. It. He had retired by then, and so they're like, "Well, we have to pay you something." So they ended up paying a minimum wage. Like that's the only way it makes sense to me now. Who the hell is working for a minimum wage right now? Especially somebody you know working a full time job. And this idea, this is what gets me whenever they talk about this. And this is destroying our economy. This we have to give these people a raise. We have to give. You don't give people a raise from the government through the private sector. That's not how that works. And and so we've definitely decided we're going to keep doing this. The next Elon, Elon went to the border. There he is in his cowboy hat down there at Eagle Pass, Texas. I'm not going to play the video because it's on a it's on Reuters. It's got some British chippy on there going. Elon has waded into the, the, the debate on immigration, and it, it, it barely lets him talk, and it barely shows anything that he had to say. But I'll tell you what Elon said. As an immigrant myself, I am for immigration being easy, and I am for anybody that wants to work here and contribute to America being able to come here legally. But I'm not okay with people coming here illegally. So of course, for that, he has to be tarred, feathered, slaughtered thrown off a cliff, what have you. But what got me the most was that people really lost their mind about this. I mean, there were people, I'm talking about like watching, I want to say normal people, but not normal people, because very few people are normal anymore, right? We keep calling people normies. They're not normies, right? A person that's normal is, is not running around with 15 undiagnosed mental illnesses and proud of the one that they've diagnosed for themselves, right? Um, but not talking heads, not influencers, not media personalities, not celebrities, not politicians, not bureaucrats, just regular, if you know, regular mentally ill people from the left. Who does he think he is? Why is he going there? We don't need him going there. What, what are you so worried about? What are you so worried about? I'll tell you what they're worried about. They don't want people to see what's really going on because they all actually know what's really going on. Our country is being destroyed right now in front of our faces in slow motion like a sci-fi ship being stretched out into a thread going into a black hole. And they, they want it destroyed because, again, we'll come back to this in the end, but the purpose of the system is what it does. They want this the system that we have in place destroyed. And I, you know, I'd like to be, tell you, I know exactly why they want. I don't know exactly why they want. I just have to look at what they're doing and going, there's nothing else you could possibly want. If this is the, the, the steps that you're taking, but we have this, you know, I said, why are we bent on self-destruction? And we is a big word, right? There's a lot of times people have used the word we with me, and I'm like, you got a mouse in your pocket or are you French or some shit? Because there ain't no we here. But I'm using we here because I mean a significant portion of our country are bent on self-destruction. We have an entire group of people, and a lot of it revolves around all this climate change bullshit, this climate change narrative, that they really believe that humans are bad for the planet. Humans need to be drastically reduced in population. Humans have to go. Now, of course, none of them want to be the ones that go. None of them want to be the carbon that gets reduced. A lot of them have this fantasy world of, like, well, this natural decline in population. We don't have to get rid of anybody. We'll just stop replacing so many people or, or what have you. 
And so anything that's a threat to this destruction is to be attacked. Because why would you attack a man who simply went to a place and took pictures of what was there? I'm sure if he was wearing like an all-white, like long sleeve shirt and pants, nice thin stuff, and crying in front of a fence with nothing on the other side of it, like AOC did a few years ago, I'm sure they would have loved him for that. Why do you get upset when somebody just shows you the truth? The only reason you would do that is you already know what the truth is, and you don't want it. You don't want it. Because your narrative that you're supporting is more important to you. And God, is there a lot of that going on right now? Um, what's her name? Uh, Feinstein. So I got next in my list here. Diane Feinstein kicked off, kicked the bucket. 90 plus years old. No idea what she's been doing for the last six months at least. Falling asleep in her chair, being woke up and told what to say and what to vote. Power of attorney signed over to her daughter for everything in her life, but still voting and affecting policy that affects Americans. And now she died. And now we're all supposed to prepare, pretend we care. We're all supposed to pretend we care. Um, Even, of course, the right wingers that didn't like her position. But she was a crusader for women's rights. No, she wasn't. She was a horrible, shitty, rich, power addicted oligarch. Let's not pretend any different. And I'm going to tell you something, and when I talk about this, even some of my most loyal people start calling me a conspiracy theorist. Dianne Feinstein will be eulogized in the Capitol building underneath the dome, directly under the center, like McCain was. Above that casket is a painting of Washington, the first president, becoming a god. It's called the Apotheosis of Washington. If you doubt me, go look it up. Go look up Apotheosis of Washington and look up what Apotheosis means. In this giant cathedral, her casket will sit and all the other senators will get around there just like ancient Rome with the first president becoming a god over top of her head. You will notice something. Not everybody that was a senator, even a long-term senator, ends up there. Certainly not everybody that was a congressman ends up there. Plenty of them end up with some sort of a big dog and uh, pony thing, but they don't end up there under that dome with their special ritual. I'll leave it to you to figure out what they think's going on there, but I'll tell you who won't be there. Senator Rand Paul won't be put down there. Dr. Ron Paul, when he passes away, Served in the Congress for, what, 30-plus years? He won't be there. But Feinstein was. So is McCain. The people that really play the game, people that do everything that the power apparatus asks of them, they get to go there. You watch and you see if I'm wrong. And then you tell me I'm crazy after you look up what I just told you to look up. And in the next week, you see that funeral happen exactly the way I just said it would. Yep. And But I'm, I'm back to this on it. Let's not pretend, any of us, outside of the talking heads, that we care about this. Because we don't. No one cares that she's gone. I'm sure her family does or whatever. Even lizard people have lizard people family. I, I get that. But I don't care. And no one should really care that a person worth hundreds of millions of dollars that clung to power 
like the power-addicted vermin that she was, died filthy fucking rich. No one should care. Let's not pretend we care. I don't want to pretend that we care. On to somebody else I don't care about. I'm betting you this clown, I bet you he's going to be one day. They'll put him underneath the dome, right? And I know some of you think I'm crazy with this dome thing. You need to look into this if you doubt me. But I bet you, I bet you this little chicken hawk, warmongering piece of crap right here, Lindsey Graham, I bet you he gets to go under the dome someday, right? And I won't pretend that I miss him either when it happens. But I'm going to play this for you right now. This is this is Graham explaining why we have to keep giving money and weapons to Ukraine while this country falls flat on its ass. This is Graham explaining why we need to do this while we're ready to shut down the government because we don't have enough money to pay our own bills. This is Graham explaining to you why this is why we are paying for the salaries of bureaucrats in Ukraine. This is why right here. Have you asked uh, Donald Trump, your friend, to come out and publicly support more aid to Ukraine and to push some of these skeptical members of the Republican conference? I'll leave it up to him to what to do, but he wanted to get out of Afghanistan. Well, Vladimir Putin has been praising him for yeah, his comments well, about Russia. Here's Russian what I'll Ukraine. say about President Trump. He did not pull the plug on Afghanistan, even though he wanted to. The biggest mistake we made since the war on terror is withdrawing from Afghanistan. To President Trump and anybody else, if we pull the plug on Ukraine, that's 10 times worse than Afghanistan. There goes Taiwan. To stop funding Ukraine is a death sentence for Taiwan. Putin will keep going. You missed all of World War II if you don't know how this uh, movie ends. To the Republicans who say Ukraine doesn't matter to us, you're wrong. Respectfully, you're wrong. The war gets bigger, not smaller. There goes Taiwan. If Ukraine can beat Russia, China's less likely to invade Taiwan and Putin gets stopped. Wait, wait a minute. Help me out here, guys. Help me out. How how the hell does this work? If if Ukraine loses, there goes Taiwan. If Ukraine loses, there goes Taiwan. First of all, Ukraine is not in danger of losing Ukraine. They're in danger of losing the region that they bombed because they hated the people that lived there for eight freaking years before this war started. And they're Past the danger of losing it, it's lost. It's gone. Dontas is gone. Crimea is gone. It's not coming back. It's over. You effed around and you found out. And you let us eff around with you when you found out. Our scum went over there, overthrew a duly elected government in 2014 and caused this. Yeah, that, that's, that's what happened. You don't have to like it when I say that. But no, no one who has called me out on this has brought me facts. I've been told I need more nuance to understand. But no one's brought me – okay, here's my facts, and I'm not going to do it again today, but I've laid out like 80 facts of what's happened going back before 2014, all the way forward. Show me where one of these facts didn't happen. No response. No response. But this guy's talking like it's 1954. Anybody know what's big about 1954? What 1954 was? We had just gotten out of the Korean conflict, Right? And we were already running hell for hot water into Vietnam because the French were going to bail. And they, it, it was going to take a long time before we were fully engrossed in Vietnam. Again, this is 1954. The term that came up in 1944, I'm sorry, 1954, was domino theory. The domino theory. If we let Vietnam fall, 
Then it'll be Laos, Cambodia, blah, 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 blah. The whole world will be communist if Vietnam falls. If Vietnam has the right to self-determination, because remember what they were afraid of. If you let them vote, they will not vote for what you want. That's how Vietnam became what it was. The French got the hell out of there, and we were dumb enough to, like, hot potato, it's yours now. Oh, shit. And we were told this lie. 58,000 Americans never came home. Well over a million came home fucked up in the head forever. And maybe some of them never got right. For what? What do we get? Did we prevent Vietnam from going all the way communist? No. Did it cause anything else to really happen on any meaningful level for any Americans anywhere? No. Do we have good diplomatic relationships with Vietnamese right now? Yes. Would we not have been better off just to have done nothing? I didn't say pick the other side. I didn't say cheer on anybody else. I just saying, like, aren't there places where people are going to fight and you don't need to get yourself involved with it? But they need, here, here, Ernie said, Ernie's got it to a degree. They need a war for the Great Reset. They sure act like they need a war. No one can make a good case for this. You, you hear Graham? No one, no one who would want to stop messing around with Ukraine read a history. Bitch, have you read a history book? Have you read a freaking history book? Because if you talk about, what's about World War II in Europe? It was freaking Nazis that were the freaking problem. It was Nazis that were the problem. Guess who was on our side? I'm just saying, those Russian guys. They were part of the Allies. A small, relatively small geographic country with fervent nationalism and multiple border disputes. Who was that? Yeah. I'll leave it go. It doesn't really matter. What I will tell you is this. Everything the TV tells you about the conflict in Ukraine, every word of it is a lie. Every word of it is like the deeper I dig, even the things that I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. No, it's all bullshit. They cannot stomach anybody talking about this. They hate your like this is the most censored thing since COVID. Why? Because it can't stand 1% of the disinfectant that is sunshine. That's why. It can't. There's no place that this entire construct holds up to even the most remotely honest assessment of how we got here, what's going on, and what it looks like if we keep doing things the way we are. Not 1%. It can't handle 1%. It can't. And while this is all going on, one of the biggest Industries in this country is falling apart right in front of us, and it's one I said would fall apart. And when I was told, I was, you're crazy, you're crazy, that'll never happen. <laughs> the college industry is crumbling right now in front of your face for a variety of reasons. These three stories, I'm just going to give you the headlines on, are all within a week of today. Amid enrollment decline, Pittsburgh area colleges ponder combined operations as a way to save. So what you have are some of the colleges in the Pittsburgh area saying, let's basically merge at least some of our, you know, functions like human resources and, uh, 
you know, uh, testing systems and stuff. That's how all company mergers are all. It's just, it's just human research. No, it's somebody's going to eat somebody is what's going to happen. So that's what's going on in Pittsburgh. Um, here near Green Bay, St. Norbert College president cites declining enrollment and decision to lay off 41 employees. So, I mean, if you work for a college 20 years ago and back, you could pretty much retire in the job that you had. You could be lousy at it. You were never going to lose your job, though. You're never. So they just laid off 41 people in this relatively small college. And then this, University of Maine, five-year enrollment figures pose grim outlook for University of Maine system. All but two of University of Maine system schools have experienced declining enrollment over the last five years. Why is five years the number that they always look at, guys and gals, when it comes to colleges? What What is it about the five-year number? How long do most people go to school? Four years. Okay, what do they do after four years in school? Hopefully, graduate. So when you look at your five-year number, you have like a five-year mega cycle. That's where all of your four classes that came in in one cycle are gone, and you need a whole new group to have replaced them with. And that's there, there is what's called a, a cliff, an enrollment cliff, that is not due to hit fully until about 2026 to 2028. They already know this is coming. And now they're starting to come to grips with the fact that maybe it's happening a little bit quicker than we thought. I cannot tell you how big of a deal this is. I know that a lot of you are like me and you think that college, you know, it's not college itself sucks, but like the vast amount, the majority of people in colleges that work for colleges, et cetera, are just waste. They're just waste. For every person that comes out with a degree, with a good education, a good knowledge base, and the ability to go do something and build a career on it, there's five or six that come out. They would have been better off freaking learning how to freaking run wire or pipe or something like that or anything. They probably would be ahead if they just went and got a job doing, you know, McDonald's in L.A. or some shit. Right? They probably would be ahead because they wouldn't be $200,000 in debt and have a job that pays less than McDonald's in California does now. It, it's still going to hurt all of us. Do you understand the size of this as an industry? I wrote a whole article on this about two and a half years ago. Right in the middle of the COVIDs, and I explained how there are thousands, little cities, towns, hamlets all over this country. Anybody that's ever driven across this country and from little towns and you, you got off the main interstate a little bit or whatever, took some state highways or something, and you're cruising along, and you're like, yeah, you know, I should probably fill up a gas. Well, there's a town. Come along to the town. You get to the town, you go, I never heard of this place. What do they got going on? Look, they even have an olive garden. They got an olive garden on the border in a Walmart. Well, there's a bunch of little bars and shit over there. This is a real place. You drive around to figure out why. Nine times out of ten, what do you find? A sizable college. Some little name college, some little private college. It's very expensive to go to, by the way. Um, we were at one in Kansas. Right now, I cannot remember the name of the town in Kansas, but we were at a, a, a McPherson, Kansas. We were at this college. We got stuck there. Me and my buddy, it was the, uh, it's so long ago. Some of you will remember this that are football fans. 
It was when Leon Lett fumbled the ball in the snow at the old Cowboy Stadium. It was that Thanksgiving. We got stuck at this hotel. And we were bored. And we were like, we, like Thanksgiving Day, we couldn't get a rental car. And his truck was messed up and had to stay. We were going to my buddy's uh, uh, mom's place in Colorado. So we end up stuck there next morning, Black Friday. We get a, a vehicle and we drive up. So we end up stuck there. And when we came back to pick the truck up that Monday, we had to wait another day. So now we ended up a normal day, like a not a holiday day, like a Monday, you know, just Cyber Monday, I guess, is what it would be called today. Um, stuck. So we went and we watched a movie. We got some beers. We walked around the place. At least we had a rental car. And we were bored. So this college was there, and it was kind of a cool-looking little college. We go talk to the people that run the college, and we pretend that we might be interested in going there because – we had something to do, right? Maybe they'll show us around. And um, we finally get to the point where I'm like, well, what does it cost to go to school here? This is a two-year school, by the way. You had to transfer for your junior and senior year. $14,000 a year. And somebody here said it, 1993. Yes, it was 1993. That was the year Leon fumbled in the snow. $14,400 a year in 1993 to go to a little podunk nothing college for two years each. So twenty-eight grand for your two-year degree out of this school in McPherson, Kansas in 1993. I would have to imagine if that college is still there, and it probably is, it's probably thirty or 40000 a year now. Easy. Double is not even... Yeah, it's not even something you would consider not having happen. So that would put you up near 30 grand. So how many of those colleges like that are there in America? And the answer, again, is thousands. And they have all of them have these highly paid college professors. They're geniuses. Remember, they're the intellectual class. These are people, most of them have nothing to be doing productive if they don't have a job teaching in college. I teach law. If you were any good at law, you would be a lawyer making lots more money than you are doing this. They write textbooks and they have their little cush lives. And if you ask them why they live where they live, they make up some bullshit answer. Like, this little town is so quaint that it has so much culture and so much diversity and it's so quiet. No, they're there because they didn't get fucking hired by Yale or Columbia or Harvard or MIT. That's why they're there. That's what they could get. That's why they're there, and then they decided that they liked it because, well, it is pretty good gig. You talk to a bunch of morons about their moronism every day. You get paid really good, and you have to rob a freaking post office to get fired. Yeah, pretty good gig, until it's not. As these things start to implode on themselves, you're talking about millions of unskilled, educated people with no jobs. And it's not just the teachers and the college professors, is it either? It's the guy that cleans the hallway. It's the guy that runs the bar that makes money because there's a new class coming into that college every single semester. It's the whole town. And I've seen towns. It's usually, I haven't seen one because of a college yet, but I've seen two things destroy a town. One major industry uh, like warehouse or whatever, dying, or when the military bases started getting closed years ago. And you watch an entire town just cave in on itself. Uh, you saw a lot of it in Detroit. 
as when the automakers started moving out of the country and out of the union states, it wasn't just the United Auto Worker guy that worked for Chevy or Ford. It was the dude that worked for the parts place down the block and the guy that delivered pizzas to both of their houses. This is going to happen on a scale, and it's everywhere across the country. And, and I have a hard time understanding how at least 50% of that industry isn't gone, completely gone, within 20 years. There's no world in which it makes sense for it to exist the way that it does right now. If you didn't have a college university system right now, this is not me beating up on colleges. This is just an honest assessment. Let's say right now we didn't have an existing college university system. I don't know how we were doing things, but we realized, okay, we need a way to take people when they're like 18, 19 years old, coming out of the high school years, and give them advanced training to have them go off and do their jobs. And we were starting, like, building a brand new system. Would anybody be like, you know what we should do? We should have tens of thousands of institutions of higher learning with billions of dollars tied up in endowments in them. And then these kids should leave their house and go pay to stay in a dorm room at these places for four years to get a degree that's going to cost them hundred to $150,000 that they're going to be in debt for, that they'll never be able to pay off. And we need as many of these as possible. Well, you, don't you think any kind of rational person would go, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, what exactly do they need to learn? Well, Billy wants to be a doctor. Okay, so what's his first four? He's go straight to medical school then? No, he goes to four years and he's got to pass the MCATs. And he's got to get to medical school. Okay. All right, so I, I get what Billy needs as far as maybe some pre-med, maybe some structure. Yeah, sure. Well, what's this guy going to do? He's going to get a degree in business administration. So 50% of that's complete bullshit. It's stuff like French literature and crap. Very little of it is actually going to require any kind of real hands-on situation. We have some of the best professors in the world that could record their lessons one time, and, and Billy could sit there and listen to it. All. Like, you just wouldn't do this. We need these giant libraries. We need a billion dollars on the library at this place. Every single thing's available on an electronic device. Why do we have these giant libraries? I get why we had it. I get how we got here. But none of it makes sense anymore. And we only got as big as we did with this. Because of a system of just doling out money and, and a marketing campaign, don't worry, just borrow the money, it'll be okay. Just borrow the money, it'll be fine. And every generation that did it, it got worse for. The freaking World War II guys that came back, used the GI Bill, and, and borrowed money to go to school, they did well for themselves. The boomers, they did okay. Gen X, nah. Millennials, Okay. Right degree anyway, it started to really, the millennial was the generation was where it started to peel apart. The phony degrees no longer carried any weight. The, 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 the millennials were the first generation that regularly have college graduates serving coffee in Starbucks. And it's not because they got screwed. It's because so many of them believed so much in the bullshit they were sold they really thought it didn't matter what they got a degree in, and they didn't think it mattered how much they spent, and they never did the first bit of calculation as to what does it look like when I get out of school? How do I pay this back? And Z, the Generation Z, that's, that's the next cycle starting over. 
because their kids are not going to do this. They're not going to do this. And realize Gen Zs are like 20-somethings now. Millennials have freaking, they're on high blood pressure medication and cholesterol meds. Gen Zs uh, or Gen Xs, we're freaking old. Look at how much gray I have, right? And I'm kind of the middle of that generation. Boomers are retiring or retired. Just boomers in old folks' homes now. Like, a lot has changed in the last 20 years. The, the, the Gen Z we, they're talking about now, they didn't even exist 20 years ago. They weren't here yet. I guess the first of them were, but we didn't consider them a cohort that actually had an impact on society. So why? Why have they allowed this to happen? It was it's just strictly a money grab up to a point. Then, somewhere along the way, and this is about the 70s, they really got their hands on this. They realized the college system was the greatest thing that ever happened for government in the history of the world. And when I say government, I mean the kind of government that we all hate the most. We call it left-wing politics today, wokeism, etc. But it's just authoritarian statism for a cause. And that you couldn't have a system that's more perfect for mind control of future generations. Let's look at how it works. So we take these kids and their mommy and their daddy and their grandparents and their uncle and their brother and their cousin. I'll tell them that if you want to be really smart, go to college. That's where the really smart people are to teach you how to be really smart. And whatever they tell you has to be true because they're smart. They have initials after their name. So especially when you're the first or second like group in your family to go to college, I get to go to college. You get to college. What immediately happens? Most people, they go to a university, they live on campus, and they are separated from their family. So all of the support mechanism of that immediate nuclear family is taken from them. And they're surrounded by a bunch of young idiots just like them, and they spend most of their time boozing and doing dope and chasing girls or chasing boys, depending on which side they're on. Yeah. They're surrounded by all these smart people that the people that they love the most have told them are smart. And they start getting programmed. Your parents are stupid. You're privileged. Just on and on it goes. Men can have babies. And you tell me that four years of doing that to somebody doesn't it, it, it doesn't just mess them up. It does worse. It convinces them that they're right. And I don't know how many people I've had these conversations with, and they're the most insufferable when they're about 26 to 28 years old. Most insufferable people in the country today are 26 to 28-year-old graduates who've been out of school about two or three years. Because they act, well, if you just understood, if you had just been better educated, right? Like, like I'm freaking... I was out busting my ass and building companies when you were shitting your pants, and, and I'm not educated enough. That's my problem, right? I'm just too stupid to understand. And they have been educated in this stupidity. This is, this is like the elite around World War II read Dietrich Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity and said, you know what? He's on to something. Look at this education system. I know. We'll tell them all to go there. And we will program the shit out of these people. And by the time they come out, half of them will go home, look their parents in their face, who just paid to put them through it, at least partially, 
and curse them out for what they believe. You tell me that's not what happened. You tell me that's not what happened. Now, anything this bad, no matter how spectacularly it works, and God, it did work. The purpose of the system is what it does, not what it claims to do. So what it claims to do is educate young people to become professionals who will excel in life. But what does it do? It creates jaded, brainwashed, authoritarian, craving, lunatics who serve the state and the state's religion. That's what it creates. It's what it does. So that's its purpose. But anything that bad that runs that long. Now we're coming to, well, we're coming to a head on a lot of things, aren't we? So now these kids can't afford a house. Some of them can't afford groceries. And, and, and they've been constantly told how smart they are and how educated they are. I can't tell you how many of these people have told me, to my face, my generation is the most educated generation in history. Like I said, insufferable. These people are insufferable. They can't change a spark plug on a lawnmower. But they're the most educated uh, generation in the history of the world. Can't change a smart plug on a, on, a, on a lawnmower. Most of them can't change a light bulb. They can't. They don't know anything. But they think they're geniuses. But that's what the purpose of the system has been. To create people who believe themselves to be smart, but are so stupid they'll believe whatever you tell them. So they'll defend your ideas no matter how ridiculous they are. And this system now is in its terminal decline. There is no fixing this system. There'll be some remnant of it that will come out the other end, but there'll be an entire new system. It's, it's prime for disruption. It can't continue. This is like, no matter how, like if you got somebody and they're like 80 years old and they've lived on cigarettes and booze their whole life and they're choking up black gunk out of their lungs and their liver's shot, right? They got liver spots all over their body. They got three different kinds of cancer. And they say, I'm going to clean my life up now. You kind of feel like, gee, Grandpa, I wish you would have decided that 20 years ago because maybe you had a chance. But now it does. there's nothing you can do. Like, maybe you should still try, but we all know what's going to – like, you've got a year left or less here. You, you, it's not going to be pretty. That is the modern education system that we have today. And, of course, we, we're not happy enough. To just destroy that. We have to destroy everything in the country. And you guys know me. I am not adverse to people coming to this country to live here, to work here. I'm adverse to providing all of this welfare. But I also think that if you're going to have a country and you're going to say it's a country and you're going to tax its people and you're going to subject people to its laws then that has to be as equitable as possible across the board. It's never going to be equal. It's never going to be. It's This idea that, that we all have like this, this equality or, or something like that, there is no doubt that if I am accused of a crime, I'm in worse shape than a guy accused of the same crime that's worth $50 million. And there's no doubt that a guy like me with some level of I can reach out to a community for help, I do have some means, I'm better off than a person who's paycheck to paycheck accused of that same crime. 
at least I can afford an attorney of my own. I don't have to rely on a public defender. There's no equality. But you should try to at least get somewhere in the ballpark. So when we have laws that people are thrown in jail and fined for that are insignificant and have no victims, and then you have people able to flagrantly violate federal law and walk into the country illegally and end up sleeping in one of the largest airports in the country, I think we have a problem. And this is what you end up with. This does not look like a place that you want to go hang out. I'm sorry. It looks like a storm shelter, right, is what it looks like. It looks like a storm shelter. It's an airport. What, what do you think their goal is with all this rampant, unchecked illegal immigration? Why would they do this? Why, why would you? And I know what people are going to say. So that they'll vote Democrat. Yeah. Most of the time, it doesn't really matter if you vote Democrat or Republican, does it? What are they really trying to accomplish here? What are they trying to accomplish? What do you think? I mean, just sit back and look at it for a minute. Take all your programming and put it aside. All the, you know, the, the things that you would jump to right away. Just pause a second and say, why would you? Don't make it America. Take any country that's very prosperous and start letting in massive numbers of people from other countries all over the world completely unchecked knowing that some of them are criminals, like dangerous criminals, like rapists, you know, child abductors, murderers, gang members, freaking, you've got espionage going on at some levels, terrorism, like you, you claim to have this war against all these things, but you literally just let everybody come in. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Well, what do you think their biggest goal is right now? What do you think their biggest goal is? Personally, I think their biggest goal is total control. Total control. So the more panic that ensues, the more fear that ensues, the harder things become for people. The more afraid people become, the more obedient they are. If you have a prosperous society where people mostly get along, it is very difficult to control. I, I think America started to head too much in that direction. 1980s, 1990s, we started going way too far toward the Cold War's over. Don't have to worry about getting nuked at our, our, our school desk anymore. You know, our kids didn't grow up doing duck and cover drills underneath their desk like we did. Racism was just on its last breath. By the 1990s, are you kidding me? You couldn't. You couldn't utter a racial slur somewhere without people looking at you like you were the scum of the earth. And just 10 years earlier, early 1980s, I saw it all the time in Jacksonville, Florida, when I was a kid. There was plenty of open, overt racism. It, it was dying. People were starting to get along. People were accomplishing things. We had this technological revolution coming around called the Internet. People started communicating with each other. Everything actually started to get really really, really good, didn't it? How did we go from that to complete shit in 20 years? How did that happen? Think about what life was like in 2003, if you're old enough to remember. Like, you weren't five, because if you're five, whatever you remember isn't true. Whatever I remember from when I'm five, it's not true either. 
right? It's the perception of a five-year-old through 45 years of mind. Like, that's not reality. But if you were a teenager, a teenager or older in 2003, think about what the world was like in 2003. A lot, and this is the thing, right? If you control the mind of the youth, a lot of your people that are just a little bit younger than you, they don't remember it. They don't remember putting a disc into a computer for a thousand free minutes or whatever and hearing, you've got mail. They don't remember that. They don't remember the first chat boards and talking to people all over the world and going, hey, wait a minute, we're all not that different. They don't remember that. They don't remember the whole technological revolution. You know what they really don't remember, though? They don't remember it getting better before it got worse. What they know is what's always been. If you're 25 years old today, you don't even know an alternative to the world you live in. You have no idea. If you're 50, you look through the 70s and 80s, and you saw things get a lot better through the 90s and early 2000s, and you saw you saw the declination on the other side. They're trying to accelerate this. They're trying to accelerate the destruction of Western society. I don't claim to know exactly why. I don't. Because it's so bizarre to me. It's so bizarre to me that you would be this intentionally, willfully self-destructive. But what we always have to remember is the people that are really behind this, they never live with the consequences of their actions. They don't live with the consequences of their actions. While you're locked in your house, you have to put a face diaper on to walk down to the road or whatever. They're sitting in restaurants that even if you had the money, you couldn't get into what was that place? Uh, French Laundry that Newsom went to in the middle of his lockdowns. You go try to get in there. Go ahead. Call, call and ask him for a reservation next month to see if you even get in the door. You're not even getting in the door. That's why, that's why it's very hard to understand why would they do this? Because no matter what happens, their situation stays at least as good or it gets better. Because what they do to us, they have made sure as a new aristocracy, does not apply to them. So, other big news this weekend. People are really excited about this. Looks like RFK Jr. will ditch the Democratic Party and announce an independent run for president. So, there, I have two theories on this. The first one is it's exactly what it looks like. It's exactly what it's going to do. And I would put that one at 95%. That it's a 95% that it's going to be there. So, we'll cover that in a second. The 5% is that he's not going to run as an independent. And he's trying to use the threat as an independent to gain some influence within the Democrat Party. In other words, he's pulling a Bernie Sanders. When Bernie realized, like, so Hillary's getting the nomination, it doesn't really matter that I can get more votes. Hillary's getting the nomination. He played his cards to get his jet and his influence and have some impact on the party platform. That's the 5% thing here. And I think it's possible. But I think it's 95% he's going to run as a third party. And I think that RFK genuinely doesn't like a lot of things about the Democratic establishment. I'll give you that. But I think he's your classic lesser of two evils. And I think he hates Trump. And I think he hates Republicanism. And I believe that this is like, so I can't be president. I really didn't think I could. But I can make damn sure Donald Trump is a president because everybody see Hannah Dragon here says 
RFK for president is last hope, then you are screwed if that's your last hope, because that is never going to happen. And it wouldn't fix the problems the way that you think they would. I am sorry. It's 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 not it's not going to happen. He's not your last hope and he's not your hope. He's just a dude. He's got some good things about him and some bad things about him. But this, to me, is pretty much a guarantee, if this goes forward this way, that Brandon will remain president of the United States if they let him stay at the ticket, top of the ticket. I still think there's like this desire to like like teleport Newsom into his spot or something. How do you get rid of cackles and do that? I don't know. But if if they know this guy's running, and I know it. he's a Democrat. He'll take votes from, from Brandon. No, I don't think so. You know who this guy is most respected by? Libertarian Republicans. Libertarian Republicans. The middle. The people that sometimes vote left instead of right, even though they say they're Republicans. Right? That's who likes this guy. The Democrats consider this guy a conspiracy theorist. He's a conspiracy theorist about his dad or his, his uncle. He's a conspiracy theorist about vaccines. He's a conspiracy theorist. He's crazy. This guy is not well received among your average Democrat. Now, there's a few because the Kennedy name or whatever. I mean, I get that. Just so you guys understand, you know why I'm called Jack? I'm John called Jack because my dad was John called Jack. Why? Because my grandparents thought JFK was freaking God. That's why. That's why. They were so proud, especially as Catholics. So I get there is some Kennedy name legacy around. But there's no way this is good for Trump. Or let's say they throw him in jail and figure out some way to keep him from running. Because that's the only way he's not the nominee. This isn't good for DeSantis either. This is good for the Democrats. And personally, I think it was always the plan. I think this is a big PR campaign for RFK. And again, there's things I like about the guy. I pushed his book, The Real Anthony Fauci, harder than probably any book that I've ever pushed on the air in 15 years. I, there were some people, I, I will buy you a copy if you commit to reading it. And it was outstanding the way it was done. The work this man did in the northeastern United States suing coal companies, this man single-handedly changed the watersheds in the north northeastern United States. There are trout in streams now that a, a car wouldn't have lived in that stream in the 1980s because of this man. So I'm not crapping on the guy overall as a human being, but I'm telling you right now, he's not going to save anything. He's not going to get elected. And he ain't going to help the Republican. I, I guess I could be wrong about that. I have not seen any compelling data to show me that I'm wrong about that. None. None. And I don't think you're going to be able to do it. Let's wrap up, though. I want to talk to you about this idea. The purpose of the system is what it does, not what it claims to do. Stanford Beer. I can only look at my country. With sadness. And look at everything that's being done and has been done, especially over the last 15, 20 years. And say then the purpose is the destruction of the American way of life. 
What, what, like, if you just sit for a second, then you say to yourself, what is the dream of the American way of life? And, and people have got like, had that clouded a little bit now because they have all, you can grow up and be president. You can be a millionaire. You can be a billionaire whatever. I, I don't think the average person wants that. I really don't. I think if you wanted to like typify what is the typical American dream, that this is what a person would tell you. I want a job that I don't hate. Don't have to love it. Don't have to hate it. I want it to pay enough that I and my family can have the things that we need with no thought whatsoever, and we can have many of the things we want if, if we're responsible and don't try to have it all at once. I want a house that I do not have to worry about falling down on top of me or falling apart, that every time I need to fix it, I, I don't have to take out a mortgage, a second mortgage to fix it. Like if I need to put a roof on it, I want to be able to just maintain my home. I want to know my neighbors and not hate them. I don't want crime on my streets. I want my kids to go to school, do well, and pursue whatever they want in life. I want to retire before I'm ready for the box and have the last 15, 20 years of my life in pretty de decent shape. I hopefully will have somebody to walk that life with me as a, as a, as a, a husband or wife. And I hope that we lay down and die pretty close to the same time and check out and we leave behind a wonderful legacy. Now, there's a lot of things you could go in there. This audience probably like the house. You want it to be a homestead or whatever, you know, but isn't that the basic like, I don't care where you grew up. There's people they want to be filthy fucking rich or whatever. And that not, not, doesn't even mean they're bad people. Like, some people want to be rich, and they're really good people. And, and, in fact, most rich people are good people, very good people, that I've known in my life. Now, understand what I'm talking about when I say rich. I'm talking about people that are worth a few million, 10, 15 million dollars. I knew one guy I was very good friends with, still good friends with. He worth about 65 million bucks. Wonderful person. Wonderful human being. He's also not a billionaire because when he was offered into the fold, he told them to go fuck themselves. Right? But most people, they don't want, like most people realize there's a certain amount of money and power where it becomes a problem and they don't want it. They don't want it. If they did want a, like $50 million, the only reason they would want it is so they could have the life I just described and not have to worry about it going away. Okay, so what have we done as a people on the back row level from a policy standpoint in the last 20 years that furthers the dream that I just described to you that makes it more likely that a 20-year-old kid can see himself having attained that level of quality of life by the time he's 30 to 35. He's got a couple kids. He's got his house. He's got a couple nice cars. Not super rich, does whatever he wants on his weekends. He goes fishing, plays golf, raises his kids. What have we done to make that a higher probability that it will occur for people in general in the last 15 years? And I would say the, the answer, if you're honest, is we've done the square root of fuck all. That's what we've done. We've done the square root of fuck all to improving the odds that the average person can have that simple American dream. In fact, we've made it so even the people who obtain it are miserable, haven't we? 
Yeah, the whole like the 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 most racist demographic in America today. Liberals, they're miserable people. They're the ones that have all the material components that we just described, but they're still miserable. They have self-loathing and self-hatred. So, what is the purpose of the system? The purpose of the system is to create an environment of complete control because the people in power can never have enough control. And they have so much power and control already, the compulsion for more can only result in the type of thing that we're talking about today. The purpose of the system is what it does, not what it claims to do. And let's start looking at any system then. What does... The United States medical system create sick people who are overweight with no idea how to be healthy, begging the government to pay their bills so they can afford to live life while they're sick. Who benefits? Drug companies, medical device manufacturers, big pharma, doctors, and colleges. So who is that system built to serve? The American people or the drug companies, the medical device manufacturers, the doctors, the hospitals, and the universities? Well, it's obvious. The purpose of the system is what it does. What does the educational system do? Not what it's claiming to do. The education system, especially higher education, indoctrinates children into political nonsense, no matter what their degrees in. One of the guys used to work for me, Cody, young guy. You know, I kept talking to him after he went to college. He was going to college for, I think, some something in science, like biochemistry or something like that. Smart kid, intellectually anyway. Didn't know how to run a, a wrench, didn't know just from that gas and diesel. Uh, but overall, intellectually, he had that. He was like an A student. He said all he heard about was climate change, climate change, climate change, climate change. He's in a class. It's nothing to do with climate change. But the whole class is climate change, climate change, climate What is the purpose of that system? To create a class of people who believe themselves to be educated above their reality, who are obedient to the state and will look down on anybody that's not part of their class. That's what it does. That's what it creates. That's why you will have a person who's never done anything in their life of significance. Tell a person who's built multiple companies. They're just not that 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 person's not smart enough to understand. If you would just read a few more books, a larger body of work, then you would understand like me. That's what creates that. Now you can keep going. What does our food system create? Well, that's tied in with the medical industry, isn't it? What does our government create? Bloat, right? Failed cities. What is our government? I want to really hear from some of you guys in live chat here. There's quite a few people here. What does our government, what are the outputs of our government? War. Waste. But who gets rich? Lobbyists. Giant corporations. What does our government Create largest pr prison population per capita in the world. 
That must be one of the purposes of the system. Sadness, taxes, yeah, very good at that. War, chaos. But what's the biggest output of our government? Don't think of it as material or monetary. What is the most influential thing our government outputs into the general population? Slavery, that's a decent word for it. Not really where I'm going, though. Chaos. There it is. Mark's got it. Division. Division. The number one product of our government, somebody's saying lies, but lies are to create division. Discord, chaos, division. If you think about it, there is nothing our government is better at than dividing us until they want us to do something. When they really want us to do something, then they pull a head fake and they get us to unite under some sort of tragedy. Nothing gets us united like a tragedy. I mean, we'll spend 20 years and kill millions of people if somebody blows up a couple of buildings, won't we? How many people in the United States before 9-11 do you think would have been like, yeah, we should go to war with Afghanistan? That makes sense to me. Division is their number one output. Actually, I would say the number one product of government around the world, but certainly ours, is disinformation. That's why they love the word so much. That's why they love the word so much. You see, when somebody does a thing to you all the time, it is only a matter of time before they claim you're the one that's actually doing it. It's called gaslighting. It's only it, 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 Think of any abusive relationship you've ever been part of or observed. Doesn't the person that is a chronic cheater in a romantic relationship always accuse their partner of cheating? Doesn't it always happen? Doesn't the person who gets violent always accuse others of getting violent? This is a, a power structure dynamic that occurs when you get into a position, an adversarial position, where you have the power and the advantage. Then you take the victim and you turn the victimist in, in, in their mind into the aggressor. That's what gaslighting is. The purpose of the system is what it does. The purpose of the system is to sow division and disinformation. Because nothing is, tell me anybody who's distributed more disinformation in the last two years in the United States other than the United States government. And I mean in official capacities as well. Food Forest Farms says, from PTSD and 15,000 hours of brainwashing. The purpose of the system is what it does. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed today's show. Tomorrow we'll talk about something far more proactive. I do these shows once in a while because I think it's important that you don't fall asleep and believe that there's a solution to these problems. That you don't rest on your laurels at all. You can't afford it. Especially right now. We have lived 
especially those of us that are a little bit older, we've lived through so many ebb and flow cycles. It's very natural right now to feel like, oh, it'll all get better again. I think this is as good as it gets for quite a while. Because the purpose of the system is what it does. And I can't see the system doing anything to make anything any better. Can you? There's nothing that I look at and go, well, that gives me hope. I see it among, like, people, right? I see it among the average person. I mean from a systemic level. We forest pharmacists take it back. Take what back? So you, you have to start realizing there is a point where maybe you don't want it back. See, if you stole my car, I want my car back. But can't you fuck my car up enough to where I'm like, it's gone. I need a different car. And I know you're not going to be the one to replace it for me. Gradual decline is most likely. From the tallest, I can't really read that really well. Um, Yeah, but we're in it. I just don't know that people realize how much the decline has already happened. How bad off things already are. We're going to have to rebuild society. We're going to have to rebuild society. And the only really good news is we already started long ago. We've already started. We've already started. We have our own currency in Bitcoin. Some of you don't like it. Don't care. It is what it is. It's the only thing that does what it does. It's the only one that can win. It has already won. So we have that. We have our own networks. We have, I'll tell you what. The, the kids coming out of college today are not the most educated generation in history. You know who is? Every person who is self-directing their learning right now online. Every person that's taught themselves how to build a building. Every person that's gone out and taught themselves how to build a business from the ground up. That's the most educated group we've ever had in history. And we're here. And some of us are 20 and some of us are 60 and everything in between and older. That's the most educated group of people that's ever existed. It's the self-directed learners of the 2020s. That gives me some hope. That gives me some hope. Anyway, guys, with that, if you like the work I do and you want to help support us, one of the ways you can do that is do your online shopping at tspaz.com. That's T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. Today's item of the day, this is the number one selling product by total quantity for the year. It's actually neck and neck with the the fly traps from this spring. Uh, But since flies are a spring problem, I guess that one didn't keep going as well. It's the Cable Master 6 Outlet Wall Surge Mount Protector. Basically, this thing, you take your regular wall wall plate where you have two outlets, you plug it in, put a screw in the middle so it doesn't pull out, and you go from having two outlets to having six plus two USB ports. And then one of the really cool things is if you look at the top, if you're watching the video, there's that little clear thing up there that says protected. Yeah, that thing is like a little light that comes on. It tells you there's power to the outlet. And what's really cool about it is it's just enough light that you, like, don't bust your foot if you're walking through a dark hallway where one is or something like that. Anyway, these have been extremely popular. 
They're not expensive. They're on sale today for, what is it, 30, 39% off. So they're like 13 bucks, and they just work. They're one of those little lifestyle hacks that are definitely worth adding to your life. Uh, remember, though, no matter what you buy, if you start your shopping at tspaz.com, you can help us out no matter what you buy. But with that, I'll wrap up. I'll catch you guys tomorrow with another episode. Are they going to bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. Dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way.